0: Lifeway. Lifeway. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network You're listening to the 5 Leadership Questions Podcast I'm your host Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Luke Lazon man, that's it's
1: good Yeah, that's it, that's it, you All nailed right. it I, I'll tell you what, it takes people a, a little while, I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, That's kudos to you man, you nailed that
0: all right, all right, and um, so you co lead the alternative uh, down in Atlanta, and then uh, I've known you now for probably four or five years um, because of uh, Twitter mostly. That's how I know half the people I know. I feel like, uh, dude, but, you're the um, guru. So you were, you were our hood Jesus, yo. Yes, correct? I mean, so I guess it's more of a were, you know. I,
1: it's it's funny, like. How it used to be like such a thing, and now you know you get out of college and you don't have roommates to bounce ideas off of, and it's like, hey, I have like a family and bills, so like I can't, <laughs> I can't like sit around and come up with memes all day. It's like that's when yeah. life really smacks you in the face a little bit. So I guess I, <laughs> I have time to be funny. I, I have it. I don't uh, use it much, but I guess yeah, that that would be me to some degree.
0: Uh, and so recently you have come out with a, a book called your mess matters talk Yes. a little bit about, um, that book, talk about why your mess
1: matters. You know, man, I, uh, so it comes out November 12th and it's, it's really interesting. It's such a, it's such a story of like kind of my own self-discovery of having to believe that title myself, that my own mess mattered enough to, Kind of be real and honest with God. And so it's really kind of a vulnerable journey, uh, not just through my own story, like that's definitely a part of it, but it's also one that, uh, really just searches for the truth about who Jesus is and everything that he's done for us. And really that idea of messy grace, because I think people like we will say that, you know, it's like, yeah, like God's love is, is bigger than anything we could be facing. Grace is better than anything. Any sin that you've endured, encountered, done, committed, been the victim. Them of and then but when we actually have to put that into practice it's a little it's a little difficult so um, I had a I had a period of time where I was going through some serious illness issues had this mysterious illness that doctors couldn't figure out for six months and in the meantime I was also preaching uh, at a church that I had co-planted and I ended up having to preach a sermon series and that sermon series kind of gave me the idea for your mess matters because in the middle of my own mess I was like what the heck am I going to say here? And it kind of was the Genesis moment for the book and just everything that I f- feel like God spilled into my heart and then ultimately spilled onto these pages. So I'm excited about it, man. I'm also terrified, but I'm, I'm excited as well. So this is first book, first, first book. So this is, this is new territory for me.
0: Well, good deal. Now I will ask you, cause as soon as I, you know, heard about this book. It reminded me of a neighbor okay. that you may have, uh, across the way, um, in Atlanta, which is John Hambrick. Do you know John Hambrick? I don't, I don't. So he wrote a book probably four or five years ago called move toward the mess. Ooh. Um, and, and I would say, you need to check that out. There. I do need to check uh, that lots out. I've going on, but that is life.
1: yeah, I mean, Hey, I need to link up with this guy. Cause yeah, it is life, man. You do. He is legit. Yeah. Beyond. Legit. I need to, I need to meet him. I, it sounds like we have similar thoughts there. So I think that'd be a, that'd be an easy person to connect over with. Hey man, our books are like the same and stuff. So we should talk.
0: Well, no, they're, I think they're, they would be distinctive. They would be distinctly different. However, I think would um, you guys would connect very well. And so actually um, I will do that right after, right after we're done. I'll make sure that look at that. Um, But I I just want, I I do want people to understand when you, you know, people say you can't judge a book by its cover, but Uh we do it all the time. And so when somebody hears about a book, one of the reasons why when somebody comes on who has a new book coming out, I say, Hey, tell us a little bit about the book because your mess matters can be taken a number of different ways. And so just wanted to kind of toss that out there. Now, uh, as I said, Luke and I have known each other for Mm -hmm. a little while. Um, But the big thing here that I would want people to understand is, you know, we talk to all different kinds of leaders in all different walks of life. And one of the things that um, I've appreciated you, I've never actually told you this, um, but I can remember... Um, so Eric Geiger, when he was on the podcast, he would make fun of me for right. Twitter because I, I, at one time, um, really got into Twitter and trying to break Twitter and trying to, you know, grow it and connect with people through it and maximize right. it and yada, yada, yada. Um, the interesting thing about during that time, I connected with a lot of younger influencers and leaders, not as many leaders as influencers. So there were people at that time that were kind of famous right. for being famous and still are. And Christian celebrity is is something that I think we're still struggling with. And you and I both have a, a, a friend who uh, has well, succumbed yeah. to that struggle uh, more recently. But uh, I I don't want to make this podcast about that. What I do want to say that I appreciate about you is I remember... You finding early success with uh, with that account, of Jesus yo, and really struggling with what to do with it. Really struggling with should I do this or not? Should I even have this or not? What is this going to do to my soul? Um, it, you know that I didn't hear that from many um, young people gaining influence at that time. It was like they felt like yeah. they were supposed to be there, but I just remember distinctly you actually struggling with that. And to be honest, that's one of the reasons why you're on the podcast because normally um, we're talking to, uh, we're talking to leaders in all phases and stages. Um, but I think you have a, a unique perspective to offer, uh, even though, you know, when we get to the last question, what would you um, tell your 20 year old self about praying to leave? Right. it hasn't been as long ago for you mm-hmm. as it has been some of our guests. But I just wanted to, I don't know No, Yeah. We've never had that conversation, but just wanted to say yeah, I've, um, I've ad- admired that in yeah. you. Um, so appreciate that. Yeah, no, appreciate I, what I you appreciate
1: doing. that. I think, you know, man, I, I'm always trying to ask, uh, why, like, like, why do I have this? And, and like, what am I going to do with it? I think, uh, it's kind of a generational, Thing is, we we feel like if I'm in a position of influence, well, God gave that to me, and I need to figure out how to utilize that and whatever. But then, simultaneously, if we find ourselves in a situation that's less than ideal, we're like, why? Like, why would God do this? I just don't. Let you know, and I, I'm trying to be like, there there are things that God is teaching us, uh, me in particular. You know, through all these different weird connections and avenues and, and influences where I go like, like, what can I do with this? God, why did you give me this? It's gotta be bigger than, than me just saying stuff that people may or may not enjoy. And so I don't know, you were really helpful in the midst of all that, man. And it's, it's been great. You know, I think we even talked about prior to jumping on here. There are some people that had a ton of influence uh, five years ago and I don't even know where they are. Like, I mean, they're just, they're not in ministry or they're, they're certainly, uh, some of them are even beyond that. It's not that they're not in ministry. They're not even like following the Lord anymore. So, and it's sad, but I think the big thing was, all right, if God's going to put me in a position to be someone who proclaims his name for the glory of God, then how can I use what I've got right now to not just be something that makes me big right now? How can I like even d scale like what I got going on so that I'm sustaining myself for the long haul, especially given all the people that have fallen out of ministry in the past five years. I'm like, I just like want to do this. Well, how do we do this? So I appreciate that.
0: Right. 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 Okay. Well let's get into our, uh, our first question and that is who are you currently learning from? Poof. Outside
1: of like family, man. And you know what? I've got so many mentors that I could talk about. I mean, Jim Shepard with generis in Atlanta has just been absolute gold mine for me. I'm just learning so much from him. But uh, people, people that I've really been reading a lot of, it's funny, he just came out with a book. I've been learning a lot from Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, and, and the things that he's had to say in his, in his books, um, not just tipping point, but even reading David and Goliath, just the things that he's had to say in there. But then the one guy that I always boost and, and that I've learned so much from, and he actually endorsed my book, uh, which was a full circle moment for me is Ben Stewart uh which I don't know if you know who Ben Stewart is, but um Yeah, yeah. Ben's been podcast. Yeah, he he uh he's a spiritual hero of mine. Uh I was at Texas A and M at breakaway and felt called to ministry in that and never actually got to talk to him until these past few years. And so uh you know Ben Ben is always been intriguing to me because he's such a great teacher and has so much depth. I always feel like he's just slowly being elevated in a healthy way. And I feel like it's God doing the elevating there. And he's just really taught me so much about, um, persistence and and perseverance and, and so many other things where I've gone, man, if I could, if I could live a faithful life like that guy, God, I'd, I'd just, I'd love to be able to do that. And so I've learned so much from him, um, just about leadership and ministry. And he's always been someone that's been good about uh, texting me and, and just being in your corner and in, in a prayerful way as well. And it's just been such a good experience for me to be able to even get close to that guy and be like, man, it's just incredible what God's doing through him. And I'm just thankful for his ministry and, and his family.
0: How important um, have relationships been in your growth and development as a leader? You know, as opposed to you, you mentioned a couple of books, but how important have those relationships been, and and why would you say um, that? So, if I didn't have these certain relationships, I wouldn't still be
1: in ministry uh, because I think. It's like one of my mentors said to me one time, he said, uh, Luke, I'm not, I'm not that much smarter than you. I've just seen a lot more sunrises and sunsets. And he said that in a really humble way. But the reality is that I've had to get around guys that have seen more sunrises and sunsets because there've been sunrises where I felt like his mercies aren't new. And there've been sunsets where I felt like all hope is lost, uh, just for, for me as a leader, uh, just being somewhat new to marriage, you know, working on four years here and, and really just going through different things with different people, you know, ministry is hard dealing with, um, opinions and, and trying to please people and also trying to please God more than anything else. And so having people speak into, into certain situations and giving them the freedom to do so, I mean, I'm always, I mean, they would tell you this, I'm always like shoot from the hip and shoot. Honestly, like I don't want anyone to hold back. I feel like Proverbs, every other verse is about like, Hey, the person who hates discipline and despises someone speaking into their life and situation, that person's a fool. And so I've tried to be wise in the fact that I may not be the wisest person because I'm only 27 years old. Uh, But at the same time, I can get around guys that are significantly wiser than me. And I don't really bow down to the idea that you have to learn everything the hard way. I'm like, if I can get around some guys that learn stuff the hard way and they can teach me what to avoid and ways to walk with the Lord and how to not uh, get into certain circumstances and situations, uh, I can avoid some hard mistakes that they had to go through and and really flourish in different ways that uh, I never would have had I not been in relationship with some of these guys. So relationship has been everything for me, man. If I didn't have some of these guys, I'd be, I don't know where I'd be.
0: Mm. I think that, I think most of, most people listening would, would agree with yeah. that. Um, and, but then, you know, and we do have listeners of all ages. I don't want to act like that you know, I, I don't exactly know our demographic. <laughs> um, it's hard to, uh, from a podcast perspective. Everyone listens. So it doesn't um, even matter. Right? Like There's, there's not anyone the who doesn't listen. Right. So it's hard to just, that's true. Even yeah, Australia. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, hey. it, <laughs> but, uh, no, the, it, I think that, and I'm not trying to focus this because you're a, a younger leader. Um, <laughs> but I do think I do think that sometimes guys have the perception of they think they know oh, they no I already know no doubt uh, you, you know it, there's 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 this perception and uh, I just want them to to understand that those relationships are just as valuable to this younger generations as they were to us because we can all look back guys and 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 girls and say, hey, here are the two or three men and women that no doubt. made me who I am. That's good, man. And, um, and, and so, yeah, before we move on, I just wanted to kind of point that out. Then the next question would be, what's the main point of emphasis that you have uh, in your leadership right now?
1: Humility. Uh, without question, I think it's humility. And it might even be a byproduct of really consecrating myself to God in in these moments, because um, you know what, man, to your point that you just made, I think even as a young leader, a lot of times I can genuinely think that I don't think I know everything, but then I find myself in a situation where I go, whoa, I've been thinking I know everything to get to this point, the way that I've been dealing with these people, the way that I've dealt with the circumstance. And so recently I've really just tried to devote myself to God privately and, and dig into a prayer life that has been extremely fruitful. But at the same time, that has really humbled me in a lot of ways because I've had to confront, uh, a lot of different things. I mean, the way that I, that that I talk to people, I can be a little bit blunt. I can be a little bit to the point. And so I've had to really just take the things that I know in my head and try to make them things that I believe with my heart. Um, and and I think that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of, uh, kind of shedding the skin of my youth a little bit, if I'm being honest with you is going, okay. Uh, I've got I've got all these things that I've learned and I feel like I know a lot, uh, but it's taking a little bit longer for me to just now feel like the things that I've known up in my head are being downloaded into my heart. And it's made me more compassionate uh, because I've had to be I've had to be forced into being humble enough to recognize, oh, man, like the way you've been carrying yourself and the things that you've done. There's a better way to do this. And again, that could come back to mentors And that can come back to people that have really spoken into my life, but it's really come through prayer uh, and fasting recently. If I'm being honest with you and just going, I am so incapable of doing the things that God has called me to do, unless I invite the God who called me to do them into my life and really evaluate my heart. Uh, It's like, it's like Psalms, like search my heart, God. Um, And, and it's been such a beautiful and painstaking process. (laughs) but it's been great. I think God I've I've really been asking him to set me up for the long term in leadership. I don't just want to be uh do you remember that guy story? I want it to be a man, what a what a great legacy of leadership um, from someone who didn't know everything all the time but was smart enough to know that he didn't know everything and was humble enough to to bring people around him that could help. So that's where I'm at.
0: So let's talk for a minute about uh some of those people then, uh, you know, what's the main point of emphasis, uh, in your leadership as you're leading a team right now? So what, you know, what's your emphasis, what are your obstacles you're facing and and how are you? Yeah, I
1: think, uh, no matter what someone says, even the most like type a of us, you know, it's one thing to say, Hey, I want you guys to like speak into this uh, feel free to like speak up about something I'm doing or like my messages or anything like that. But then it's another thing when they actually do it and it's like, okay, that kind of hurt. Uh, but it's, so it's recognizing, um, at least in my estimation that because I invited this person in and they know that I love them in their love for me, they are just saying what they know I need to hear in order to not only lead them better, but to lead, the people that we're leading together as a team better, and and so having yeah having people like having teams of people around you that feel safe enough to say what needs to be said and feel loved enough to, to know that I'm not going to like retaliate or anything like that, but I'm going to know where they come from because we have such a, a, a rapport and, and knowledge of where we're coming from here. It's been uh, it's been great to have people as a team say, this is what I see in you. That's great. This is what I see that needs some work. And then to move forward uh, in trust together.
0: Are there any practical ways, um, that you would suggest people can people can do that? Like set, set up kind of an environment for that to happen?
1: For me, I don't know about an environment. I think it's more just, just saying it in a direct conversation, which I guess ultimately leads to an environment. But for me, it's been sitting people down, not just as a group, but individually, uh, and saying, hey, uh, I want you to know that for me, I know that these are areas where I struggle and being upfront and vulnerable about saying like, Hey, I know that I need some work here. I want you to feel free to speak into those situations because I don't want to just be one of those people. It's kind of like the Enneagram. Like people will be like, well, I'm a two. So I'm just going to end up doing these things. I'm like, no, like, I mean, you're a two and that's fine. uh, But we got to figure out how you're going to get better at these things. So I'm like, I'm like, Hey, uh, I realize I struggle in these areas.
0: Like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah, I just,
1: yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm i I'm an eight, so I can't really serve. Uh, it's just not my thing. I'm, I'm actually meant to, uh, it's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Like that's not hold up. Like that's not like a, a biblical stance. Uh, that that's you taking the Enneagram and just kind of twisting it to fit uh, the narrative that you're trying to tell here. But So yeah, it's just saying, uh, these are areas where I know I need to work in and really that the atmosphere is created through being vulnerable with people one-on-one because inevitably your, your people on your team are going to talk, right? I mean, you're going to have people that are like, Hey, did, did Luke come up and say this to you? He said this to me and it's like, yeah, he did. And it's like, Oh, that's great. And so then everyone kind of understands like, uh, he's not just saying this, like he really means this. And I think when we can get unified across the board on certain things as a team, well, then we can move forward in that unity, knowing like, Hey, uh, there, there is a lot that we can accomplish together here. Uh, and I really want you to know that I, I want us to be together in it, even if that means recognizing that there are some things the leader needs some work on. So, uh, really just trying to create an atmosphere through one-on-one connection that inevitably manifests itself into being a team thing. Very cool.
0: All right. So tell me, uh, one or two things that you feel like you need to do pretty much daily in order to stay sharp as a leader, other than spiritual disciplines. You want to know what it is for me right
1: now? Dead serious. It's going to the gym. It is going to the gym. I mean, like just not to brag on myself or anything, but I've lost like 12 pounds <laughs> recently. And uh, cause I saw myself in the mirror and was like, all right, we got to do something like what's going on here. And, and as I've gone to the gym, I felt sharper. Like I've, I have felt so much sharper recently. So a discipline for me, uh, that has really changed my life over the past, probably three months has been going to the gym every day, except for on the weekends. And as I've, as I've lost weight, I feel like I've kind of lost some of the fog in my head a little bit. And, uh, it's definitely not like a, Uh, full proof this is going to be the best thing you've ever done for your life. But I mean, who, who's going to argue that, you know, being healthy is a bad thing for you physically. So it's, it's helped having that discipline in my life has actually helped my spiritual disciplines. Uh, because I know that there are certain slots in the day where I can do things and knowing that I am for sure going to go to the gym has made me more disciplined, uh, spiritually on a prayer and, and reading scripture side, like to, to make sure that on either side of that workout, I'm getting these things done. And it's been, it's been huge for me. And honestly, even as a team, like we've, we've talked about, oh my gosh, like, we all need to be like working out. Like we need to create time in the day to where like we're going to the gym and we care about where we're at on a fitness level because it, it obviously bleeds over into where I'm at mentally and and emotionally and spiritually. So going to the gym has like changed me over the past three months because before I was very sporadic with it, uh, to, to be, I don't know, honest, I guess, but uh, I'd say even sporadic would be, would be being nice to myself there. There were a lot of times where it'd be weeks where I didn't go just because I was like, I got to get some things done. Uh, but I felt that I've even gotten more done by, by setting aside time to go to the gym recently. So that's been those, one of those weird conversations we've had as a team that's actually helped us a lot as a team. That's
0: really good too. What correlation do you see that's there between you know, the, the compounding interest or dividends paid um, over the course of time by having a daily discipline of going to the gym. And then how does it help you see the same uh, from a spiritual standpoint? Because part of it is, you know, you, you don't always, the daily part of it isn't always obvious. Yeah. I think, uh, obviously
1: like the, the obvious answer there is I've, I've lost weight and that's been one of those dividends that has paid off. But I, I think it, it's also made me more regimented. I'm like a, I like to think I'm a pretty disciplined person, but I think it's funny sometimes how we measure discipline, even spiritually. It's like, I'm, I've always been disciplined at the things that I really care about, but it's different when I have to be disciplined about something that I don't love but I know I need to do it. Uh, I don't know many people that just love going to the gym. If you're one of those people, I mean, congratulations. I'm not one of those people. And so it's also made me go, what are some other things in my life that I don't love doing, but I need to do it. And so uh, even for me on a spiritual level, one of the dividends that has paid off as a result of doing this, that I didn't ever see happening was there's a young kid in, in my community and and his name's Kyle. And I just felt like God was telling me, you know, the same way you don't like going to the gym. I feel like the Holy spirit was telling me, people don't like discipling people and you need to disciple that kid. You need to actually disciple that kid. And so I was like, are you serious? I don't have time to let, and it's like, I, I didn't ask you if you have time. It's like, this is a call in scripture. So I'm like, okay. So I've been discipling uh, Kyle now for about the same amount of time that I've been going to the gym. And I'm telling you, man, I have learned more from him then I think he's learned from me. Like no question about it. Just because I, it's, it's like a, a buddy of mine says, I, I'm not trying to just make him as an appointment in my schedule, but I actually like include him in my schedule. So we run errands together and like, we'll we'll have times where we go get coffee. But a lot of times it's him helping me move something or, or us going and running an errand that my wife needs me to run before the end of the day and just fitting him into different times of my day because, you know, he's younger, he's got more flexibility in his schedule. And the beautiful thing is been seeing him be flexible with his time and saying, I want to be a part of your life and, and learning what, you know, you knew at your age that, uh, at your age now that maybe you wish you knew back then. And I'm at that age that you would have been back then when you started ministry. So I want to jump on board with everything that uh, you're doing. And I'm like, all right, well, right now I need to go get milk. And he's like, great, I'll help you do that. And I'm like, perfect. Let's do it. And so, uh, it's funny, like working out has all, all of a sudden made me go, what are some of those other things in scripture that are extremely fulfilling to the Christian life that I haven't even taken the time to think about that I really need to start evaluating and doing. And so it's weird. Uh, working out somehow led to discipleship.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I know mine and I increasingly have friends who listen to the podcast they are my Holy Spirit and keep telling me I need to go practice some silence somewhere, mm-hmm. turn off some things. Um, yeah. So I like this is one more conviction point. Thanks a lot, Luke. Um, that, well, yeah, it is hey. That is insightful. Some of the things that um, we, we tend to gravitate toward the disciplines that we love uh, yeah. and uh, dismiss the disciplines that are more difficult for us or don't fit with our personality type. Um, so, you know, it, it is going back to that whole idea of that daily discipline is discipline. It's called discipline for a reason. And disciple is connected to that word for a reason. It is. Uh,
1: And it's like, I have friends that love the gym. So they're like, they feel very disciplined because they go to the gym, but they love that. And on the other end, they're not very punctual, you know, like with their timing for meetings and things like that. So it's like where I'm very punctual, I don't love going to the gym. And so even my friends and, and I that keep each other accountable, it's like, it, it's this whole different idea of discipline when you're talking about the thing that you don't do as well as the other. And so it's been, a, it's been funny
0: and fun and honestly really good for us. Mm, good, good. All right, let's get to our fourth question. What does leadership in your home look like?
1: You know, Todd, if there's one thing I've learned in nearly four years of marriage, (laughs) it's that we're always working on me. And so uh, what I need to do better, what I'm doing wrong, and she's perfect. So there's nothing she needs to work on. It's just this constant evaluation of what the Lord needs to do with me. I'm kidding. But I... uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what, uh, for, what it's for us like on both sides, by the way, <laughs> no. I'm like, uh, it's just the, it's just the way it is. It, uh, she's amazing. And I got some stuff I got to work on, but in our home, you know, we don't have kids. Um, and if, if we end up having kids, like, thank you, God, for that gift. But in the meantime, we're not trying for kids. We just have a bulldog that we love with our whole heart and soul. So leadership for us, uh, and we've done this intentionally, is we've tried to have as much time as we can with just us so that we can really establish what, is, what does leadership in our home look like. And for us, kind of going back to the disciplines, it's been trying to do disciplines together because unfortunately in, in some of our circles and, and lives, we've seen very often where people will do things separately as disciplines and it ends up separating the home. So one person really likes to do one thing. Another person really likes to do another thing and they'll just go and get disciplined in those own areas. And then they're never really on the same page in their house because they're kind of living separate lives under one roof. So we've really tried to take advantage of the fact that while we don't have kids or anything right now in our house that are demanding our attention, how can we take the opportunity to dive into scripture together and, and learn together and pray together over the same things. And, and I think, you know, um, it's hard trying to figure out how do I go from 20 something years of my life of just being on my own to then including you and not just including you, but also leaning on you. And so we've really had to figure out how do we lean on each other? And it's come through daily disciplines together of talking through scripture, praying together uh, and being on the same page of what it is that we're working towards. What do we want for our future? What are we um, needing for ourselves? How can I be serving you better? And so we do talk about those things, which is not the most fun kind of conversation, but we do sit down and say, what is it? that you don't like that you see in me that I need to change and then reciprocate that same question to the other and, and get the answers. So, uh, we had one of those conversations about a week and a half ago, and there were even some tears, if I'm being honest with you, uh, over, areas where we failed, but it's also been these really grace-filled moments of going, Hey, I want to lead you better. I want to be in a position where you're, you're proud of the way that I'm leading you. And I'm proud of the way that you're, you're helping me. And so it's just, uh, it's been a lot of conversation and learning communication with one another. Cause again, we're not deep into this and I hope anyone that's younger and married feels, if they're listening to this, some sort of comfort in the fact that you don't have to have it all like scripted and perfect, especially because uh, we talked about social media at the beginning of this podcast a little bit. You know, everyone's just kind of showing their lives like it's unbelievable, right? I'm just like, man, it looks like they're kind of killing it in marriage, which is a bummer because uh, my, my wife's mad at me today <laughs> like, or vice versa. And so, but it's funny, you get into conversations with people and they're like, yeah, we're really struggling. I'm like, really? It doesn't look like it. So even online, we've tried to be a uh, pretty transparent with where we're at and what we're learning and leadership in our home right now looks like a lot of learning. And, and I'm doing the best, uh, that I can to my ability to lead her and in reading the word and, and praying together. But I'm also trying to make sure that I'm submitting to what she needs. Uh, I know that there are things where I'm like, "I I think Lindsay would really appreciate this. And that's not at all what she was looking for. So hearing her out, learning from her and, uh, moving forward together, uh, unified has been one of those deals where we're like, let's, let's do this. Well, God.
0: Good deal. Okay. So now we are going to go back like seven years. Uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self about, um, leadership and preparing to lead?
1: I would tell my 20 year old self, you need to develop a prayer life right now. And that it's not all in your hands. I think um, when I was 20 years old, and I think 20 people that are 20 now, the reality is whether we intend it to be this way or not, we look at what other leaders are doing from afar and it looks like it's just a lot of how they're grinding publicly and, and the things that they're doing 24 seven. And we're like, man, I feel like I always got to be doing in order to get things done. And I'm finding out that a lot of people in my generation, we're not, we're not a very prayerful people. We're very purposeful. We feel this sense of purpose, right? Uh, I think people know that about millennials and Gen Z. They want to do great things for the kingdom of God. They, they have a lot of passion and a lot of purpose, but they're not very prayerful. And I fit into that category for a long time. I was not a very prayerful person. I was like, you know what? I'm going to like read the word. And I, I like, I trust God and all that stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do as much as I can each and every day to get this organization and these people and myself to places that uh, I had to learn the hard way was not possible outside of prayer. And so I would tell my 20 year old self, you really need to establish a deep prayer life because you're trying to do God's calling on your life in your own power, rather than invite the God who called you to do these things in his power to help you make these things happen. And so it's really been a a learning process of, of even saying to Lindsay, ironically, just last week, I was like, I wish I would have really decided to pray. Like I've been praying for the past year. I wish I would have done that back then. Um, but better late than never, I suppose.
0: Every church must be equipped to respond well in the initial stages when learning about instances of sexual, physical, or emotional abuse. And that's why the Southern Baptist Convention, LifeWay, and ERLC partner together to create Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused. This training curriculum consists of a handbook, 13 uh, enhanced video sessions that brings together top experts from various fields to help volunteers and leaders understand and implement the best practices for handling a variety of abuse scenarios at church, school, or in your ministry. You can access these videos and this training and this book all for free at churchcares.com. Well, okay. So I know that a big part of, uh, of the book that we mentioned earlier, um, your mess matters. I, I know a lot of that came out of health issues. Um, how has that shifted? Um, how has that played a part in all of this? I mean, you know, some of your answers earlier about humility, about uh, different things. How, how has that played into your last year and where you are in your prayer life and, and things like that. I think, um,
1: that's kind of the first time that at least as a, as a younger man, I felt robbed of my strength, you know, uh, it, it's hard. I'd, I'd had a lot of success, uh, up to that point, you know, as far as people could see, um, it, I was preaching a lot for how young I was and I was getting opportunities and being in rooms that I probably didn't belong in that I definitely didn't belong in and everything was going so well. Um, and so it was different to be in a position to where I all of a sudden get zapped of my strength because I have this mysterious illness start popping up in my life and we couldn't figure it out for six months. And so, uh, there's, there's not a whole lot that's more humbling than having to literally sit in a hospital or on a bed for six months and essentially be incapacitated to doing anything that's productive. So I learned a lot of humility in that, that, um, every single, breath is by the grace of God that all the strength that I have in me is not because of any power or potential that I have within myself, but it's because of uh, God sustaining me and, and just being so gracious to me. And and it really just took, it took the perspective. Uh, it took a perspective change through that illness for me to really understand who I was and and how this thing works. Uh, it's so easy, especially as someone that's young and leading when you've had success to not let that go to your head and if you would have asked me back then i would have said i don't i don't think i'm an arrogant person i don't think anything's gone in my head but it took me being unable to do the things that i was used to doing to really recognize okay I've got some pride in me that I've got to deal with. This is absolutely wrecking me right now. And and really, as a result of that illness, it drove me deeper into a prayer life that drove me deeper into recognizing how good God is to have allowed me to have the things that I've had and, and to have honestly just given me strength in my muscles to stand up. So it was a it was a transformative time in my life. It was probably the most transformative time in my life, especially because I had been married for less than a year and we didn't know what was going on. And everything seemed like worst case scenario at one point. And it was a total, you're going to have to rely on me moment. Um, as far as God's concerned, just saying, Luke, uh, this is, this isn't on you, buddy. This is on me.
0: So good. Well, uh, just want to thank you for, um, just sharing your story with us for, uh, walking through, you know, the five questions and, um, you know, I, uh, more than anything, uh, I just wanted people to hear who you are, um, as a leader and, uh, where you've been, even though uh, for some, it may not sound like it's been a, a long journey. I think you've already learned a ton along the way. And I know a big part of, of your leadership is learning in front of people. So thank you so much for sharing your story mm-hmm. with us. Um, now, if whether or not you are going through a health issue or know somebody who is, most of us have some type of mess uh, going on in our life, and if not, it's probably a matter of time. And what you do with it um, is the most important thing. If you're a, a believer and you're leaning on God and trusting in Him and have the right attitude, then you're going you're gonna to learn uh, a lot quicker, whatever it is God has for you in that moment. And so, um, I would really encourage you to check out, uh, Luke's book, uh, as well as what he's doing in Atlanta. Uh, you'll be, you'll be inspired by it. Uh, just as I hope you've been inspired by our conversation. Thanks so much again for being with us today, Luke. Yeah. thank you so much for having me, Todd. Thanks for listening again to the five leadership questions podcast and enjoy one of our other podcasts on our network at Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.